There's been a lot going on in Milwaukee's sports lately, and uh, as a team, we felt the need to address it. Everyone that works at Slab Stocks, Aaron, Nate, myself, we all grew up in a suburb of Milwaukee, which was uh, very middle class, a majority white community. We really grew up without any sort of exposure to social injustices. Uh, when the police drove past our houses, we would go up, we'd say hi, they'd give us Brewers baseball cards. That's just the type of community we grew up in. I'm not apologizing for that. I'm really grateful for my upbringing. I know that the other guys are too. Uh, but ultimately, you know, none of us really grew up with a firm grasp on the fact that a lot of people have grown up very differently. I think all of us have done a lot of uh, listening, reading, trying to learn from different points of view over the past several months and uh, you know, in ways that we probably never have before. And that's been extremely positive for every single one of us. Uh, but I think that we all feel very unqualified to have any sort of meaningful discussion on society's issues. Uh, now with everything that's gone on in our backyard, with all the recent events in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, and the very active stances that our beloved local sports teams have taken, uh, the discussion has kind of fallen into our laps, and it's a discussion that I think needs to be had. I am extremely proud of the way that the Bucks handled themselves over the past week, and there's a philosophical discussion to be had over the type of activism that the NBA and uh, the MLB and, and some of the other sports teams have been uh, carrying out over the past couple months. And the question is brought up, are they actually protesting or, you know, when everyone is doing it and it's accepted and it's promoted by the league and there's really nothing to be lost, is it really a protest anymore? And that's something that I've been, you know, kind of wrestling with personally as it pertains to, you know, what you post on social media about all this stuff. If everyone is doing it and everyone's getting awarded internet points and there's really just no downside right now, are you just projecting into a safe echo chamber? And I don't know the answer to those questions. But what I do believe is that what the Bucks did this past week was not that. You know, shortly before tip-off and George Hill walked into the locker room and he announced that he wasn't going to play. Uh, Sterling Brown got up next and, and he said he wasn't going to play either. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo, he, he said that if George Hill and Sterling Brown aren't playing, he wouldn't play. And then the entire team agreed and they followed suit. The decision didn't come down from ownership. It wasn't approved by the league. It wasn't made in conjunction with the Orlando Magic, who were still warming up on the court when these decisions took place. The Bucks players decided as individuals that they couldn't take the court. And when they made that decision, they didn't know if they were going to have to forfeit or not, which, you know, admittedly, it's a very small sacrifice. But this protest actually carried some real downside for them. It created a, a very interesting sports environment for a few days, which really just shined the spotlight on the issues once more and helped spur along some of the conversations that we should be having. You know, one reaction that you know, really just bothers me as uh, the NBA and as the nation kind of grapple with these conversations is this whole uh, shut up and dribble response that is often made when athletes speak up about anything that's not sports. Uh, that was going around a ton over the past week. I heard this type of argument a lot in person. I also read it a whole bunch online. It's this argument which says, you know, I just want to watch them play basketball. I don't want to hear their opinions on stuff that they don't know anything about. And it's just such a, a dehumanizing response. You know, none of the rest of us are ever told that we have to stay in one lane. I have a very full-time job outside of this. I'm married. I have three kids. I'm devoted to my church. I really like to cook. I enjoy woodworking, just extremely amateurly. Uh, I also talk, talk about basketball cards online. I've never been told that I'm disqualified from pursuing any of those interests because I enjoy doing those other things as well. 
I'm not an expert at any one of my interests or hobbies, and, and I should not be treated as one. On the basis of my upbringing, I'm not the best person to talk about these societal issues, and I'm by no means an expert. But that doesn't excuse me from talking about any of these things, nor should it preclude me from talking about these things. I think it's important that none of us just you know, bury our heads in the sand and pretend these things don't exist and, and instead do what we can to further the dialogue. You know, on the Statue of Liberty, you know, which has historically served as a symbol of the promise of freedom to any immigrants who are sailing into New York Harbor, on the pedestal, there's this poem which says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. It's an invitation to anyone that feels downtrodden by their current status in life to come and experience the best that America can offer. We have people within our own country that are just asking for that same thing. And that's a conversation that we should not be trying to stifle, but one that we really need to be having. Over here at Slab Stocks, our philosophy has always been, you know, we want to make sports card investing um, you know, accessible to everyone. That's why everything that we produce currently, everything we're working on for the future is free. It's because we don't want that 13-year-old kid to be on the outside looking in just because he can't afford a monthly subscription. And we don't want only people that look like us to feel comfortable consuming our content either. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen. I do not take your time for granted. If you want to continue this conversation with me, if you disagree with me, if you want to share anything at all, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. I usually try not to read any of the comments on my videos, but I do respond to direct messages that are sent my way on Instagram. That's because I, I really just prefer to have these discussions in a more personal way. Um, so I would encourage you, uh, please reach out. Even if you don't like anything I've said so far, I would welcome your thoughts. My Instagram handle is at SlabStocksSam. Uh, again, thanks for listening, and Sam Dunks in a minute. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. Please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Slab Stocks, and then click that little red subscribe button here on YouTube as well. We'd love to have you along. Uh, I am joined today by Aaron, my boss, the leader of Slab Stocks. Uh, we're going to be talking about buying the dip, you know, something we've been seeing lately as some of these really you know exciting young players have been getting bounced from the bubble. Uh, we've been seeing kind of the reverse action going on as we saw all throughout the bubble where we just had these astronomical price gains. Uh, Aaron, what have you been noticing just tracking some of these, you know, exciting young players? Well, it's crazy because when you watch these games, you see, you know, Lillard and um, Luca and all those guys just going off and the prices are just keep on going up. There's no right. slowing down. I mean, we saw Lillard climb all the way up to $3,000 and right. that's huge because that card was $250, you know, four months ago. Um, what's happening here is we see these dudes get eliminated from the bubble. It has nothing to do with what they did. Lillard and Luca both had two of the best showings in the bubble, and their prices have dropped significantly since then. Lillard right. coming down, and I know that that, that you've seen this too, 3000 to 1500 I know you, you have the exact numbers, so tell us the exact numbers and the exact days. Yeah, and on August 18th, it was just over, three. I think it was 3100 Uh 1535 was the most recent. Yeah, so... so Two weeks, fifty percent drop, and yeah, nothing changed about about who he is or what he is as a player. It's just he's kind of out of sight, out of mind all of a sudden. 
Yeah, and that's crazy. We don't see 50% drops happen very often. Even with the crazy increases that's going on in the marketplace, I'd say that this is one of the first times in the main basketball cards, your stars, that we're seeing a 50% drop. And it I don't know if it's a bunch of people just wanting to sell out and get their money back to place elsewhere in the bubble currently, which I think is a really bad idea because if you think about it, you're selling a guy that got eliminated just to put in a guy that might be eliminated also. Right. And then you're just going to hit the cycle over again. Yep. So we're seeing it with Lillard. We're seeing it with Luca. Luca topped at 2,250. This wasn't the game that he had that buzzer beater. They were already down to 2,000 to 1,900, the buzzer beater game. It was the game before that. I think that they won that same game and he had a huge stat line again. They went up to 2,000 to 2,250. And now they're back down to 1,400, 1,500. And that is probably going into the bubble value. But Luca, I mean, averaged 32, 9 to 9, 10 to 9 in the bubble. I mean, you can't do much better than that as a 21, 22-year-old or however old he is. I may even be a little bit over on that. Um, and it, it, it's really, really interesting. And why Sam brings up by the dip is because we're talking about these two guys here, Lillard and Luca, who clearly are top 10, 15 players in the league, however you want to rank them. It's right. up to you. Um, but there's nothing that's changing about them and who they are as players. If anything, they just proved us that they're going to be even more dominant come next season in two months. Then on the flip side, you look at younger guys like Zion and De'Aaron Fox. I know that Luca's very young too, but he's already in that established right. range. Yep. You're looking at Zion and De'Aaron Fox, and Zion was at 850 going into the bubble. Now he's back down to 600, 650. They did even go down as much as 550. So Zion's a guy that was eliminated early. And we saw that he didn't play much the last two games. Like, why would the Pelicans, after being eliminated, want to risk their franchise cornerstone in, in some meaningless games? So he didn't play much. They dropped down to 550. Now they're back up to 650. So we saw a little bit of a bounce back there. And I think what's going on here is people start to get this mindset of by the dip. They see a dip, and then they automatically just want to jump in. <laughs> right. But I think what we want to hit on this video is that well, that applies to some people, yes, like Zion, like Deer and Fox, who was 350 now down to 220. The Kings are a very shaky situation, I think, for a lot of investors out there. So you might not want to hop in so fast to him, but he does have potential to get up to 350, we saw with some really great performance. Um, the thing is, is that you can't apply that to every single card in the marketplace because we saw TJ Warren. And I want you to tell us his numbers now about TJ Warren's card values, who went off and then didn't really do much. And then they got eliminated in four games. Like that is not a guy that you should look at as like, oh, Zion's going back up. TJ Warren will too. Like you should not be doing that. Right. Yeah. TJ Warren is his ungraded Prism Silver rookie cards on August 13th. They were going for just over a hundred dollars raw. Uh, that was just an astronomical price increase. I think they were going for single digits before that. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, he was like the greatest shooter on earth for <laughs> yeah a week, a week and a half. Yeah. And uh and a lot of people were freaking out. Of course, they were missing half their players. You know, Sabonis is going to come back next year. I don't think they had Brogdon playing at the time. Um, they didn't have Oladipo playing at the time. So a ton of stuff is changing on him. Now he's going for the last auction went for tw- or the last accepted offer went at twenty six dollars. Um, I think TJ Warren proved a lot about who he is as a player and what type of role he can play moving forward with the Pacers, but. You know, you see a seventy, you know, seventy-four percent decrease on his card prices over two weeks. It's like, oh, sale prices, clearance sale. Except for, he's never going to have 
a four day, a four or one week, week and a half or four game period like he just did. Uh, probably not going to be in a bubble situation like that where all the eyes of all the sports world were focused in on him. He was the hot thing. He was the story. It's like, wow, what is DJ Warren going to do next? You know, that's just never going to happen again. So yeah, yeah, 74% markdown, but uh, you know, $26, that's probably still, you know, probably long-term what he's looking at. And, you know, I appreciate you said, not everything's equal. Um, I know I was talking with well, last week on my interview with Summertime Cards. Uh, after we finished recording, he said, you think we maybe talked up Luca a little bit too much? I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, we should have said that you probably shouldn't be buying him right now. I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, I was focusing on the long term. I was like, what he's proving right now is that next year, year after that, year after that, we're, you know, top five player. Probable, probable MVP over the next couple of seasons, you know, sky's the limit for him. Uh, but he brought up a good point. I wish we brought it up in the video. Now is not the time to be buying him. Obviously, right now, he just got eliminated last night as of this uh, discussion. Uh, really not the best time. He's probably going to be dropping. But as he drops, what's changed about him? Uh, the only thing that changed is he was playing basketball two days ago. Now he's not. Uh, he still looks like easily top three player over the next decade. He's still one of the best scorers we've seen. One of the most just naturally gifted players in the league, definitely probably going to be an MVP. And so, you know, if we see that drop off really just on the basis of no news at all, good buying opportunity. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think with Luca particularly, we're seeing a, one of the highest population PSA 10 based rookies in Luca. Yeah. I mean, it's worth the most. It's got the highest market cap when you consider how many PSA 10s are out there and the value of the card, which is why like comparing Giannis to Luca, you might say, oh, Giannis is like 6K or five and a half. Luca's 2000. That makes no sense. But then you compare it and it's really like, well, Giannis is a much better buy with how many are in existence compared to the Luca, right. especially considering where the Bucks are positioned versus the Mavericks. But easily this is really easy to understand here because if you look at lucas cards and you look at the rare stuff you know you're not seeing these 2200 to 1400 percentage drops you're seeing way less of that or none at all this is just clearly buyers had psa 10 base rookies a lot of them they either already had profit or they had some to where they want to sell them even if it's less profit than they could have made two days ago they still want to get that profit out so they're willing to go down to 14 1500 and then on the flip side, there's just not enough demand because nothing can happen in the next two months other than hype building after the bubble, which I believe will happen. I mean, we saw that Luca could have hit 2200 now with the amount of people in the marketplace. Marketplace is growing constantly daily. I'd say that over the last two months, we saw a bigger one of the biggest growths in the marketplace over the last two months, which probably will not be duplicated over these next two months, but I still think it'll be high. And it should continue to carry that card along with the rest of Lucas' cards into next season. I mean, think about it. They're going to have preseason articles coming out with the Mavericks probably ranked even higher this upcoming season than this past season. They're going to have Luca in the top three MVP, MVP conversation right. with Giannis and LeBron or Harden or Davis, whoever you want to interchange. And it, there's going to be, like you just said, nothing different except more hype. And I'd... You know, do I know what the bottom is? I don't. Maybe so many people want to sell them that goes down to twelve hundred. Who knows? It's at fourteen fifty right now. Fifteen hundred buy it nows are getting hit. Between that, auctions are probably sixteen hundred. Excuse me. So I, I can't predict when the bomb's going to be. I can only say that 
we can forecast, especially long-term, like Sam said, that's the easiest thing to forecast is long-term. We cannot predict Jamal Murray dropping three 50-point games in a row or <laughs> 50, 42, and 50. Um, that very, Pretty safe to say that Luka should continue to get eyes on him going to next season for sure. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Jamal Murray because I think right now we're we're seeing a very real leap from two players that are still playing. Um, I think tomorrow night's probably game seven for the Jazz Nuggets. Uh, that's It's Monday right now, so Tuesday tomorrow when you're watching this. Um, and Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, you know, both those dudes, they have just taken a leap. You know, you see uh, once the playoffs are started, once the bubble started, and all of a sudden we had just a ton of, of – uh, focus on these guys' games, and it's just this high-pressure situation. We saw a guy like Lonzo Ball who stepped into that high-pressure situation in the bubble where they absolutely needed to win, and the dude just disappeared. But then you see Donovan Mitchell. You see Jamal Murray. Donovan Mitchell, who we always knew could score like this. Jamal Murray, who we thought could score like this, but you know he'd never really taken that leap, and it was like, when's he going to take the leap? Is it going to happen next season? Well, he said, no, it's going to be right now. And you know both those dudes. I don't think they're going to be averaging 44 points a game or whatever next season. But they've clearly jumped themselves up a whole category of NBA player. And so I think those are two good guys to be evaluating over the next uh, couple of weeks when inevitably both those dudes are bounced, uh, just like Luca. But they're pretty high up there in the upper echelon of NBA players. You know, top 20 type of players. Um, and so once they start dropping look that as a good buying opportunity how do you know how do you know when to pull the trigger on a on a dip yeah that's the that's the super hard thing because two things you have to consider here is that one of the two are going to be eliminated tomorrow night jamal murray or Donovan mitchell chances are a lot of people watching this either have Donovan mitchell cards or some jamal murray card just because you know basketball investors are going into those two guards and you're looking at prison based psa 10s of mitchell at 500 and they were not even close to that for this entire season it right. was really like people knew about Donovan Mitchell. People knew about the Jazz, but were they really like going to be contending towards the end here? Was Donovan Mitchell really going to be scoring like over thirty a game? Like we knew he was a really good like mid twenties a game score, like low twenties, but you know over forty a game in this in this series. Now we didn't know that obviously, so they go up to five hundred. And this is, I, I can almost guarantee you that if the Jazz are eliminated tomorrow night, which who knows if that's going to happen. That the Diamond Mitchell PSA 10 prison base are going to go down or going to go from around 500 to probably around 350 or so. Right. And there's just nothing that, you know, we can do about it as sports fans watching. You, you, if you want, you can probably go online right now and who knows, maybe it's a little bit too late to do that and sell a Diamond Mitchell if you want. But then you also err on the side of if he drops 40 again, who's to say they aren't 700 and they move right. on to the next series. So right. there's never a right answer when it comes to what should you do right now in the short term. When we're talking about looking at the next two to three to four weeks, what you should be doing, I think you have to be okay with not buying at the very bottom dollar. If you want to do this properly, you cannot sit there and wait for it to hit the very bottom dollar. Otherwise, you're just not going to time it right. You, we, no one, Barely anyone can ever time a peak, just like barely anyone can, can time a, a dip or a low point. Right. I think you just got to understand where you're comfortable buying, what the top end peak was, Donovan Mitchell 500. If you see 375, 350, I'd be pretty happy about going back in at that, knowing that Diamond Mitchell, you know, hopefully continues not 40 a game, but maybe 25, 26, 27 a game next year. And he really is that alpha dog on this jazz team who could be top four next year. And yeah. there's just 
so many aspects to it. You have to be in your comfort zone, first of all. Second off, don't wait for the bomb because you're just going to miss out on the entire thing if you do that. And then thirdly is just don't be pressed. And this also goes with the comfort zone. Don't be pressed into into buying a card if you if you don't think that you can you know get in cheap enough or or whatever. I don't exactly know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say don't do anything that you're not comfortable with because then you end up making mistakes. It happens all the time. Yeah, you know, thinking about trying to find the bottom when the uh, just I'm not I'm shifting from cards to actual stocks. You know, I I like to invest in index trackers, so like the S and P 500 index. Uh, once it kind of crashed, I was waiting for my tax returns to come back and then I'd throw a bunch of retirement money into there. And then, uh, uh, my tax returns didn't come back for a while and well, it started climbing up and I was like, well, this is impossible for it to keep climbing up. And it's climbed all the way back up. It's surpassed, I think where it was back at the beginning of March. And, uh, there's a lot of signs that probably it's going to drop at some point. I'm still just waiting. It's like, I'm still sitting on my hands waiting for the opportunity because I missed it six months ago. And so, yeah, if you're always, if you're just trying to guarantee that you're, you're always getting the most bang for your buck, hitting the bottom, selling at the top, you're never going to get there. You're going to be paralyzed with fear. Uh, you're going to miss out on some of it. Uh, another aspect that's semi-related, but, uh, that's something that I've been noticing lately. And I just thought I'd bring it up. Um, we know that centers aren't as valuable on the card market as uh, guards and stuff. And, you know, once some of these centers like Embiid or Jokic, you know, once these guys are bounced, probably going to see a drop too. Uh, but, you know, you just notice, you think about like the elite centers in the league right now. It's like Carl Towns, uh, Jokic, Embiid, uh, Rudy Gobert. Gobert and Jokic are playing right now, and they are only as good as their guard that's leading them. You watch if you watch the highlights, if you watch the game, doesn't matter. The story is all about the guard, and it's always going to be that way with the NBA. Uh, you saw Embiid trying to go out there mano a mano and lost in four games. You saw Carl Towns; he's been the best player on his team for years and years now, and they can't even make the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, I think we might see, we'll probably see drops with some of these centers too. Um, just like we do across the market, but uh, buying into them, while you'll probably see some, you know, see some price increase. You know, Jokic is going to be a top five player next year again, top ten, well, top ten player next year again. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to be the same type of return as you could get if you buy in on like a Tatum or a Mitchell or a Murray price drop over this summer, over this off season, I should say. Yeah, another guy would be Bam Adebayo. I mean, yeah. we we might see Giannis dominate this series, and if we see Giannis dominate the series against Bam Adebayo, who's been guarding him in the previous matchups, what do we see happen with that? I really like the Heat team. Unfortunately, I have to say it. I mean, obviously, we're huge Bucks fans. We want the Bucks to roll them this week, but right. I really like the Heat and what they have to offer. I really, really like Bam Adebayo, but you know, he might be one of those guys though that. I feel like he's got a nice hype behind him. He, he's got people talking about him. The Heat team in general, I feel like, is a little bit more flashy maybe than the other teams that we were just talking about in terms of social media hype, all that stuff, with Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler who brings a bunch of eyes in conversation. But, yeah, you're definitely right. The guards – and here's the other thing too. It's not just that the guards lead the teams. It's if a center has a huge game versus a guard having a huge game, the price increases are not even close. Right. I mean – We've seen Jamal Murray climb from like five hundred to two thousand dollars, 
If yeah. I, I'm not saying that a center would have dropped like 50, 42, and 50, but it definitely would not have been to that extent. Like no one would be like, oh man, I want to go drop 2K on this center or something, whatever. But I agree with you. Well, even if they did, you know, in the current iteration of the NBA, probably wouldn't be enough to get a team over the hump. It's like the probable starting centers in the championship round are going to be, you know, Ivica Zubac or uh, Dwight Howard or whoever's always right, starting yeah. the Lakers or, or Brooke Lopez, you know, or, right. or Montrez Harrell or, you know, so it's like, it's not these superstar guys that try and carry the teams. And, and yeah. so, yeah, I think your best, the best bang for your buck is elsewhere, but you could, you could probably get some value out of the center too. It's just not going to be, you know, as flashy. Totally agree. All right. Well, thanks Aaron for the discussion today. Uh, you know, yeah, this is probably not the best time to be buying a lot of these guys. Um, but you know, over the next couple of weeks, you might be seeing a really good opportunity to be buying guys. Uh, so have your money ready. Um, watch as guys drop out of the playoffs as we move on from them. Uh, check out their market if they've dropped, you know, substantially. And you know what they're going to do next year, or you have a good guess, you know, maybe buy it. One more thing I want to add. While we just talked this entire time about guys getting eliminated and their prices dropping, the exact same thing is going to happen on the flip side. LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, whoever wins the title, it's going to get crazy. Yeah. Just yeah, saying. Kawhi, that it, right. Kawhi, if he goes third championship with third team, like yeah. nuts. It's Giannis gonna, gets it's, his first championship. And there's a lot of, you know, now there's a lot of narrative with the Bucs, um, you know, walk out the other week. Um, there'll be connections between Giannis and, and uh, Kobe. You know, that'll drive it wild. You'll have the LeBron if he wins his first championship with the Lakers, and it's the, you know, Kobe championship also after Kobe's passing this year. You know, there's there's just a whole ton of, you know, all those guys are primed to to make a big rise, and and for good reason. They're all extremely special players. And and really, with those guys, we probably wouldn't see a huge drop-off either. You know, there's, um, there's not that fluctuation with, you know, top three guys. You know, they're all yeah. undoubtedly top three players right now. And so... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be – you probably can't just wait. You know, with those guys, if you have enough money to be buying their cards, I think you just, uh, you know, bite the bullet and go with one of them and hope you hope your horse wins. Yep, agree for sure. All right, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, fun discussion, and uh, we'll see you again next week.